Hi folks, welcome to the Ask the Arb podcast. So today I'm super excited because we've got a, another interview format uh, podcast and um, I know a lot of you get sick to death of listening to me prattle on about all the problems in the world. So today I am delighted to have Gonzalo, who is the CEO at Rencap, join me on the podcast. Now, I'll let you do your own research and, and obviously we'll have a good chat about it. But Rencap, essentially, if you haven't heard about it, it's a platform that kind of simplifies and centralises site investigation and site survey effort into into one portal. So, I mean, have I have I murdered that, Gonzalo? Uh, no, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> essentially, it's, it, it's, it's making it easy for the um, property professional that needs to appoint surveys to make it super easy for them to upload a site and instantly be able to access the best suppliers across the UK and get prices back, manage the process and collate reports and be able to know what what they need to do on the next stage. So simplifying that process for them. And I suspect I I suspect I know the answer to this, but what um what led you to 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 create this platform? Was it was it born out of frustration? I mean, take us right back to to kind of the early days in uh, in in your career, and uh, yeah, let's see see where you started and how you've got to where you are now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, looking back, it looks like a really long journey. But um, I, I worked at a large property consultancy previously. Um, called Arcadis, and I was a cost consultant. So essentially, that's quantity surveyor, but working right. consultancy side for the client. And I worked on very large residential schemes, so um, kind of 600 units to 1,000 units, so 250 million, 300 million plus, mm. and managing contractors and all that sort of stuff, high level. Um, one of the things that I used to be involved with quite a lot was in design team meetings. So this is on different projects where the whole design team, so the client, the architect, the engineers, the cost consultants, the project managers would all kind of, the planning consultants would all meet together maybe once a week during the early stages of the planning process to refine a scheme, make sure that it's on budget, make sure that we're getting the value that we need and make sure that we're getting all the information done in order to get a successful scheme at the end of it. One thing that I've saw crop up several times was abortive costs. So what I mean by that is doing work and then having to redo it because something got figured out later Mm -hmm. that should have been figured out early on and this is usually related to surveys so you might might have realized that actually there's a tunnel underneath the site which we never realized about or the red red line boundary was wrong which we should have figured out at the early stages or there's some sort of problem with the access or there's some trees that's got an issue that we need to design around and the client would have spent hundreds of thousands sometimes on that design team, getting the design to maybe a stage two, stage three, realizing, okay, we need to kind of change this and go back and we redesign, recost it up, new cost plan, new program, and the whole kind of scheme needed to to kind of change. And that's where my brain started thinking a little bit about how frustrating it was that we weren't getting that information Mm -hmm. properly at the beginning. Um, So yeah, my, my beginning was as a uh, consultant for Arcadis on these big projects. And it's that problem that you've identified there. I think it's one that everybody can uh, relate to, certainly from a consultancy and professional um, perspective and a design team perspective. And it's a totally scalable problem as well. So you're talking about one end, you know, many, many units, um, multiple million pound developments, but that's just as relevant for somebody who's putting an extension on the back of their property as well, because they get sold the dream. The architect comes around, 
sits down with them, has a cup of tea, does a little sketch, sends them some beautiful plans, everything gets signed off, off they go to planning, and then they discover that they need all of these uh, all of these surveys. Or, or even worse, it gets, gets to the point where um, stakeholders start to look at it within the planning uh, validation process and then realise that actually, I don't know, they need a BAT survey and there's a huge timeline on that, which then, yeah. then throws yeah. everything and out. They might be out of season, they need to wait <laughs> yes. nine months um the whole project's delayed they've got a huge hole in their wall like that's that that's all the problems that, that come out of this and what what we did essentially is create a platform that supports the client whoever they may be and what was something interesting that we realized about surveys i don't know if you've seen this matt yourself with with kind of your clients is it's so fragmented who actually instructs surveys oh so yes. sometimes it's the client directly sometimes it's their architect sometimes it's the planner Sometimes there's a consultant, a developer, a local authority, a housing association. Like it's always different places. So we're starting to get clients from pretty much the whole spectrum mm. of the property sector. We're working with clients directly and consultants, um, individual house builders, and it's helping them figure out what steps, what things need to be done at the right point in time in order to mitigate those abortive costs later on. Absolutely. And we've kind of put that into one system. Yeah, I mean just everybody talks about um online and uh digital marketing and productizing things these days and uh one of the key building blocks of that is to really niche down on who your ideal customer is and who your ideal client is and you've mm. just hit on the sort of elephant in the room within our own business actually it's like who who is our customer because as you say quite often the architect will will come to you and uh you that's great you can build build a relationship with the architect or even better a planning consultant uh build a relationship with them and you'll get lots of referrals moving moving forwards um sometimes the end customer will come to us because they're frustrated with the architect or the architect has recommended somebody that doesn't actually know particularly much about what they're talking about or it might be the the location of the site it's a different area to one they're used to working mm. in so they're not familiar with the local planning authority or local planning policy etc so yeah that's a, a very astute observation there absolutely yeah that that icp the ideal customer profile is in, in this sector where it's quite fragmented is quite difficult to understand and it, and and then different clients also behave slightly differently so for example um, an architect practice some of them may support clients to do these surveys at the early stages others will will say no because they've been burnt in the past and yes. they've had issues and there's liability problems for them if Absolutely. they if they recommend that supplier um most of the time they won't give three three options they'll just give the one that they know so they'll say use that supplier over there if there's a problem later they've got liability problems for themselves yeah. and some of them have been burnt in the past so they they try not to do that manage the surveys anymore um, I can think of a few situations we've had where where that's worked, and it's 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 worked the other way as well. So we've, you know, there's one particularly um, well-known planning uh, consultancy in in central London that we do a lot of work with, and uh, they recommended us to. Um, their client to carry out a suite of ecological surveys, uh, some of which were preliminary bat roost assessments and then bat activity surveys as well. And uh, we completed completed the work. There was a bit of a problem midway through it in that the team couldn't get access in the middle of the night. And um, yeah, the end client uh, ultimately turned around and said, well, we're not paying our bill. And then that sours the relationship with, with everybody. So I think having mm. a platform that everything can 
can flow through is a really, really good idea. So tell us, that, yeah, you've told us a little bit about the, the, the background there and the, and the idea behind Rencat, but how, how was it born? How did it cut? Because this is not an easy thing to get uh, any kind of platform online off the ground. That development journey, just to, the, from a technical perspective, must have been a bit of a challenge, was it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and j- just to go back on my background, so at Arcadis, I um, I was really into kind of the prop tech scene back in right. like 2015 when it was kind of starting to get get bigger and bigger. And part of my role at Arcadis was actually to start looking into kind of prop tech opportunities. And that was something I was re- really, really interested in, in at the time. And at the same time, I was actually... I was working in the affordable housing sector. So I had a very right. big view and experience in the, in the affordable housing sector and the kind of issues within the housing sector that caused the housing crisis um, that we have today. And one of the key things I wanted to do was I wanted to see how could we un- help public sector mainly unlock all this underutilized land that they've got because they've got loads of brownfield small mm. size that could be delivering a million homes plus. And how can we help them unlock more sites and bring them forward to the market? That was kind of one of the first things in my mind. And when I started exploring their sites and speaking to them and testing it out, this proposition, I realized from them that a lot of them didn't even have the time and resources to be able to figure out which sites are suitable and which sites have risks or which sites are possible for development. So that's kind of where it all first started. Then the proposition was, okay, how can we help them to de-risk their sites without them having to put so much management time into a project? So, for example, when someone, when a client comes comes to yourself, Matt, or and and also need loads of our surveys, so they might need topo, utilities, mm. uh, ecology, legals, planning, whatever they need. There's loads of surveys that are part of that process, and they need to put lots and lots of resources into actually figuring out what survey they need, managing all those surveys, getting the quotes, instructing suppliers, managing suppliers, getting a design team. So, really there's a big commitment in for them to put in in order to even review a site. But they've got hundreds and thousands of sites. But the government, how it works at the moment is they're being told by government, deliver more homes with less funding. So what, what that means is they're focusing on their very large sites. But really the majority of sites, which is what we used to be building in this country back in like the 70s, 80s, yeah. are the ones that now house builders are not interested in them. SMEs are way less than they used to be, so there isn't that many SMEs delivering these sites. And the private and the public sector is focusing on their largest sites because that's what the private sector wants. They don't want to work with you on a small site. They want to work with you on a huge site where you're delivering 500,000 homes. So we would the aim was to help them unlock their sites and be able to bring them to the market. We put that proposition forward. I put a business case for what the kind of rent cap is right now. And I got into an accelerator program. So it was a government-backed um, startup accelerator program specifically for PropTech. And it was it's called Geovation, which is really, really good. Right. And it's ran by, there's one in Scotland as well. Um, so they've got an office in London, an office in Scotland. And it's run by the Ordnance Survey and Land Registry. And that gave us kind of a place to work from, loads of support, a, a small tech team to support us to build our first MVP. And we did that. We built the first MVP. I went full time. So I left Arcadis, mm. uh, which was a bit scary at the time. <laughs> um, and then pandemic started like three months later. Oh, no. 
And then um, went into that, built the MVP, started to get a few customers, demonstrated traction that there's a market for this. And then that helped get the investors. And then investors helped to build more of the product, more of the product helped to build more clients, more investment, more. And then I call it kind of, the, that's the triangle of, um, I, use, I use a bad word for it, but it's the triangle of something, uh, which <laughs> is when you build a product, which basically is, you need the product to get the clients. Yes. You need the clients to get the investors. You need the investors to build the product. So it's how do you get break into the triangle? Yeah, I feel your pain on that one. <laughs> yeah. And for us, it was we built the product with an initial MVP. Yeah. That helped us get the first clients that were brave enough <laughs> to test it out, which then got the first brave cl- investors. And then it just kind of grew, grew from that. But that's that's where it all started from and funny story about myself is um we realized that we me and my partner wife now but we realized that we'd never be able to um kind of get on the property ladder in in london it was just Mm. it was just impossible so uh even though we were both earning good money so we were just like we just can't save enough through renting so we both actually went to the bank took the maximum personal loan out we could, which I think was like 25 grand each at like 19% interest. And uh, we bought ourselves a boat and we lived in a boat in London for four years. Fantastic. Um, so so that's, that was kind of our, our way to break into the housing market. And I don't know how it kind of worked. And we lived in a boat, in a canal boat on Regent's Canal for four years, saved up and then bought our first flat. Well, that is very much in London, isn't it? The Regent's Canal. Because yeah, so- <laughs> you won't. I I did actually know that story, and I was going to ask you about it later on when I was doing my doing my research. And uh, it's funny because my family um, used to own the Basingstoke Canal in Hampshire and Surrey. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like a hundred <laughs> years ago. And uh, my father was the um, the waterways manager of that canal. So all through my childhood, I spent a lot of time uh, working with trees and diggers and doing fun things on on the canal and they had um uh the local authority had predetermined or preset areas for houseboats uh for that for that very for that very reason um Mm. and uh yeah i mean (laughs) you sort of touched on it there but even that's not a cheap place to live is it with mooring fees etc etc as well so it can get quite challenging yeah yeah well funny for the first two years we were continuously cruising Oh, well, you got rounded up, yeah. Yeah, which basically means you need to move every two weeks which yeah. and, and you're not plugged in, so no electricity, no nothing like that, just a generator. So that was a bit intense. Uh, but then the second two, two, the second two years, we were in um, Brentford, West London. Right. Um, uh, so we, we were there, which was nice. And then, yeah, somehow sold it and saved up some money and then bought this. Awesome, um, awesome. But yeah, that was part of the... Part of the reason for kind of starting Rencap as well was to figuring out how frustrated I was about the housing crisis and seeing mm. if we could help unlock more home, more land for more, more homes and bring more sites to the market. Yeah. So this is, this is the proper tech and entrepreneur story, this, isn't it? So before long, you're going to be on How I Built This with Guy Raz. And, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I love I'll, that podcast. I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? So I will have warmed you up for that. So I'll, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. you I'll should mes- do your own. That's it. I'll message him, message him, <laughs> message him <laughs> later. So where do you see, obviously, um, we've got a little bit of experience of the platform and uh, we, we, we really like it. You know, we've, um, we've 
offered our services through that platform a few times now and uh, it works works really well uh, but where do you see, where do you see it going so what's your kind of next five years look like yeah so f- for the time being what we want what we want to do is we want to essentially be able to provide that initial connection to the consultants through our platform and it's a way what what we've seen which is really nice is sometimes the initial connection that we make with a client the consultant with a client with a client that they might have never worked with before and mm. we've got some really cool clients now like cambridge city council uh greater london authority ahr architects bailey garner uh, developers contractors so connecting with these really big new big companies and the cool thing that we're seeing is after they connect and do the initial survey on our platform they might be asked to actually support the design team further later on so there's sure. actually yeah. We're kind of given that initial intro service where then the client gets an experience of using that, that supplier and we'll ask them to do more work on that scheme to take it through the, the planning stages. Where we're seeing that we want to go is we, we want to be kind of the go-to site investigation platform and we want to make, we want to make that its own category. At the moment, it doesn't exist. Mm. The only way to do site investigation surveys at the moment as a client is you need to either do it yourself, manually call all these suppliers and get comparable quotes, instruct them, manage the works, get the reports back, read all, get zip files, we transfers getting sent to you, read all these reports and try and figure out what's going on on the site as a whole. Um, or use a consultancy, which is quite expensive, or potentially use kind of a framework to, to find suppliers. Um, all of those processes, that takes the client about four weeks of management time either if it's consultancy or the client, four weeks of management time with us on our platform because we connect vetted suppliers with great clients mm. and make the process super simple for the client side. The whole process of managing all the surveys and getting back all the reports in a, in a digestible format for the client takes one hour. So it used to take four weeks. Now it takes them one hour because they upload a site on our platform. It takes 10 minutes. They then... Um, the prices then come back from all the suppliers. They then review their tender report, which compares all the prices and all the the kind of the quality, and they can see all the suppliers and they can see people they've worked with before and they can select who they want. Mm-hmm. That takes them 20 minutes to just look through that tender report, select what suppliers they want. They click a button and it immediately it's instructed all the cl- all the suppliers. And something that you told you just mentioned a moment ago was um, the risk about getting your money for the works you're doing. Yes. When they instruct that work, they need to pay. So they pay up front. So if it's 20 grand worth of surveys, they have to pay 20 grand worth of surveys. That gets put into the RENCAP kind of client account. We then distribute that to our suppliers as soon as the project's delivered. Yeah. But the client can't progress without paying for that money. So we're very strict on making sure that the funding is there to be able to pay our suppliers that's, on time every time. That's absolutely our model as well. Um, unless we've worked with somebody for either a number of years or, or multiple product, uh, pro, uh, projects, in which case we'll accept a purchase order. Um, whether you are doing putting a conservatory on the back of your house or you're putting in 100 houses or more, mm. it's payment up front. Um, mm. And that's based on 12 years of experience of getting our, getting our fingers burnt. So I think that's absolute genius on, on, on your part to come up with that. And that's definitely going to um, attract more suppliers and more consultancies into your, into your platform. So yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. great stuff. And what, what sort of challenges have you 
discovered up to this up to this point? Has everything that you've stumbled across been? Um, have you seen it coming, or has there been things that have made you kind of take a step back and think, ah, oh, we didn't we didn't envisage that one? Yeah, there's, there's been loads of learning, and and I think one one of the hardest things that we've done is creating create creating any business is hard. Um, creating a tech business where you need tech expertise and and developers are expensive, and then also um creating a marketplace which is what we are so we've essentially got two clients i would say mm-hmm. really we've got our suppliers are, are are our users and our clients are our users and we need to make sure that the platform is valuable to everyone that's on the platform um that's quite challenging and we focus a lot on the client side and making sure it's faster and better and 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 a lot easier for them to be able to transact through the platform and now we're focusing on making it way better for our partners and suppliers. Um, and I think one of the key learnings that we, that we learned quite quite soon, which we're now uh, implementing to the platform, we've got a new version that's just about to go live, is that suppliers, at first, we were working with public sector. So we were trying to make it very public sector compliant, you get three prices, don't see who the suppliers are, see only the prices to start mm. with, and then they can see the suppliers later and and in a stage format as kind of RICS best practice. Um, but what we've realized now is we're getting loads of private sector clients and they just really want to see who the suppliers are. And then also the suppliers really want to show who they are because they've all got great experience and history and projects they've done previously. So now what we've done is we've completely changed the platform to show as soon as you upload the site and you get the prices, you can see who all the suppliers are, a bio for each supplier, um, their kind of background, what they're all about, the cost that's come in, but it's much more of a holistic, a holistic mm. procurement process rather than pricing being kind of one of the key elements. Now it's actually who they are, what they've done before, projects they've done on the Rencat platform, plus price is kind of the the review, and the client can then select who they want. So that's something that we've we've learned to make it a lot better for our suppliers, so they can demonstrate who they are and ideally win more projects Uh, that very much appeals to us because i suspect probably if you were to go back through your email history and possibly your colleague as well that there's um several emails from me saying well we don't complete on price and and we don't um Mm. we 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 never have done we we will never be the cheapest um on your platform or any of the platforms that uh that we're involved with so that that will be a welcome a welcome addition i think uh as as we move forward and build a relationship with you guys so that's been really really interesting to get you on here it's um it's very very different to what to what we normally have but this i tell you listeners this will revolutionize um the the pain that you don't even know you're about to feel um by getting all your site surveys and all your site investigation all your survey effort through one single point of contact is uh, is absolutely uh, absolutely genius so thanks a lot um gonzalo for coming on how can uh, how can people find rencap and how can they reach out to you yeah so best way to find us is is on our website um, so www.rencap.com uh, that's r-e-n-k-a-p um, otherwise there's a contact page there otherwise get in touch um, with me on LinkedIn um, always happy to connect and on our website you can request a, a demo we can show you how the platform works in a little bit more detail and there's lots of videos and stuff um, but yeah happy to happy to discuss Fantastic. with anyone 
No, that's great. Thanks a lot for that. Um, I'll make sure I put a link to all of those resources and um, a link to uh, Gonzalo's uh, LinkedIn in the podcast notes. So check that out. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Thank you, Gonzalo, for being on the podcast today. And uh, yeah, we'll get you back on in another five years and uh, see if you've taken over the world yet. So that's great. Thanks for the invite. No problems. Thanks a lot. Cheers.